What's up, Echo? No service is not ending, it's just beginning. We are so glad you're with us. Last weekend, we hung out at MLK Park to celebrate Father's Day, and it was amazing. So amazing, in fact, that we're going to hang out there again soon. Meet us at Martin Luther King Jr. Park on Sunday, July 5th at 10.30, right after the service. We can't wait to see you there. One way to make your Echo viewing experience even better is to enjoy the service with others. Make sure you're inviting a family to be a part of this experience with you. Because of your amazing faithfulness and generosity, we have continued to give back to the community through organizations like The Landing and Next Chapter Ministries. Your giving is making a difference today and also planting seeds for life change in the future. To make your life easier, you can set up your giving to be automatic. And it just takes a few minutes to set up. Now, if you're new to Echo, expect this to take about 35 minutes. We are continuing our new series, Summer Playlist. We will start with the band, then you'll hear from Pastor Andy and special guest, an amazing person, Kids Director Sam. Uh, then we'll take a moment of reflection and we'll wrap it with some closing thoughts. We are in this together. Let us know how we can pray for you. Comment on this video or email us your prayer requests. Let's do this together.
series called Summer's Playlist. That means two things. We're in the summer. We're jamming to some music. Both things I love. <laughs> yes, we all love it. So give us song, story, scripture. It's all been resonating in your heart. Okay, so the song that just kept coming up as I was thinking about this is called Diamonds by Johnny Swim. Um, I Heard it years ago, probably five years ago, when we were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, amazing song. And um, when I heard it, I was just, I was doing a big transition in my life. So I had just picked up and moved from California to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had just gotten married. <laughs> I um, had just kind of switched jobs. I wasn't sure exactly what career I was going to be doing. I was in the fitness industry, and I was leaving that. I had taken a break from dance. For those that don't know, I love dance. It's always been a part of my life. So I started teaching at a studio, and I was really trying to find my niche there. You know, I wanted to find what made my art different from everyone else, which can be really, really quite difficult, I feel like, <laughs> when it comes to art. Just there's a lot, of, a lot of judgment and a lot of comparison in that world. I mean, in most worlds, but... Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so I was looking for that. I knew that um, I wanted to just bring bring freedom to my students in, the, in their movement, but also in their life. Um, so anyway, I was just kind of discovering myself through my choreography and stuff, and I heard this song, and it just, 
don't know, I feel like it broke open this this part of me that I didn't didn't mm-hmm. know was there yeah. before. Um, and it was it was so fun to create to it. Um, and one of the lines in the chorus is um, that were diamonds rising about the dust. And it reminded me of Genesis 2-7 where uh, God says that he formed us mm. from dust. Um, you know, he, he breathed life into us. And so just that image of us being formed about the dust and that what's being created is this you know, beautiful, strong jewel <laughs> yeah. from dirt. Yeah. I loved that, just that imagery. Um, and just the idea of how diamonds are created, just, you know, that being, being pressed. And when you are in times of, of trial, when mm. you're in, I don't know, struggling to find yourself or whatever, if life just throws you kind of mm-hmm. crud circumstances, mm-hmm. um, that it can be this time of pressing and that you can come out of it becoming what God created you to be all along, basically. I mean, how did this, this song, um, what kind of hope did it provide for you? Yeah, so I think it just kind of came into my life in a time where I was just so unsure. And it's not, I wasn't, you know, unsure about my marriage or about my faith or anything, but just... Um, really specifically what what God had for me and what I was doing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. <laughs> like, God, why why am I here? There's a lot of dust there. <laughs> There's a lot of dust, yes. I, I, called I used it, to live there, so I get it. I called it the desert when we were when yeah. they were there quite often. Um, but, and I don't know, this when, the, when I heard this song, it just kind of like sparked something that what, what I felt in and the freedom and hope that it was providing, I could also give to mm-hmm. the, the dance world mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, dance studios have a tendency to put their students in a box. Mm. And um, as an artist, that's, you know, that's the last thing you want. It's the cardinal rule. Yeah, yeah. And I think just that's kind of where the, the dance industry has gone is it's like technique, technique, how many turns can you do? How many jumps can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. do you look like when you're filmed? And it's like the the feeling just got mm. taken out of it. And then they were making these robots, and I wanted just freedom back back in their movement for them mm-hmm. to know that yeah, maybe the way they move doesn't look like the person next to them, but that's that's the beauty of it, and to never lose that, mm-hmm. and to instead rely on that, and mm-hmm. you know, see where it, see where it takes them, mm-hmm. and just to trust trust themselves, stop doubting that even though. They're maybe not meeting this high standard, but that they can still express themselves and and have fun, but but also know just that they have strength too. Yeah. So. so as you're talking yeah. about freedom and yeah. movement, yes. I can't help but go to the moment that Ezra, your daughter, mm. was sitting in front <laughs> yes. of Echo, right? And yes. your husband's leading some worship. Uh, and there Ezra is, and she's just worshiping Jesus. She loves <laughs> to worship. Yes, she loves to dance. <clears throat> uh, but what, it, you know, Ezra is this beautiful picture of worship, mm. this, this expression mm-hmm. that spills over. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and she commits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no, like, half worship mm-hmm. <laughs> with, 
with her. Like she she goes. <laughs> it's awesome. So here's another question. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that Tulsa was kind of like a desert. Yeah. Um, so it's that's your dust, yeah. right? Yeah. What was the diamond? What was the diamond there beyond dance? Mm. Well, you say beyond dance, but really, really for me, Tulsa was a training ground for for my art. Um, we got plugged into a couple of different communities there, but what really uh, kind of changed, I feel like, the course of my life was the dance community that I happened to find mm -hmm. at the studio there. Um, the the owners, uh, Shana and Adam Acosta, became just lifelong friends. Um, they're in Redding, California. Mm. They go to Bethel now. Um, but they, just the encouragement to like I kind of said before to really bust out of that box mm -hmm. um, and so it's just this really cool encouragement to not doubt what God has placed within you because maybe it doesn't fit a mold that mm -hmm. you were brought up in or that you've seen before when you're pressed are you gonna make the decision to step back and um, fall in line or are you gonna swim upstream because even to this day I mean that maybe was a difficult time but probably nothing has been more challenging for me than becoming a mother mm -hmm. and um, really working in ministry mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean it's a tough mm -hmm. it, it can be a battle but every time that I have just decided to, I don't wanna say fight, it's not necessarily fight, but whether that means to um, submit or uh, to like what God's plan is, or if that is to have patience when I want to explode mm. <laughs> at house, or if it means to give someone another chance, or if it means just to step out and do something that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Every time I've kind of made the the hard choice, I feel like God has brought something beyond what I could have imagined mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. my own. Yeah. And just brings me back to, you know, his ways are greater, his ways are higher. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, the message is just to 
to swim upstream and yeah. to, to really just rely on what you feel like God has placed within you. And if you don't know um, what you think he's placed within you or what your specific path is, to, to ask him, to sit down yeah. and dream like, God, what do you have for me? What is it that you want me to yeah. do? Whether he gives you, you know, a word or two or whatever, you know, write it down and then pray on that word. And yeah, um, yeah I love that. that I love that. I think another great piece of advice is to not give up too quick. Yeah. I've got that picture of, you know, one one dance move more, mm. and maybe, mm-hmm. quite maybe, that's where your breakthrough is. Oh yeah. And again, that's obviously. An, <laughs> I have a really good dance lingo dancer. guy. Dancer. <laughs> Take the next next dancer. Uh, but what's that next step? Mm-hmm. And not to prematurely give up because you're not hearing God. Oh, definitely. And I think in this season right now, what we're experiencing, you know, a lot of people would say, this is our wilderness, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm afraid that if we give up too prematurely, we'll miss the point. Mm -hmm. We'll miss the message. Uh, We'll miss the breath of life that that I believe God wants to to, uh, breathe all over us. I want to interrupt this conversation just for a moment to lean into 1 Kings 19. The context is this, Israel is in their third year of famine and there's a nation that they face off with. It's this really cool story of the prophets of Baal and their gods versus Elijah and Israel's God. It's this classic battle of my God is stronger than your God. And the prophets of Baal did what they do for worship. They began to mutilize themselves. They began to yell and scream. And they kept going louder and louder and louder. And their God did not respond. And then Elijah comes up afterwards. And this is his moment, right? This is a pinnacle moment for, for God to show up and Elijah to be this Uh, this faith leader of his time. And so Elijah builds his altar and just for intensity and for God to respond even louder, he soaks that altar full of wood uh, with 12 jars of water in in the midst of a famine. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just, and and there's there's no rain, okay? Hasn't been rained forever. And he did this because I think he, he wanted to intensify God's response. And, and in that moment and in a prayer, he just reminds God of his promise. And he, he asked God, will you at this very moment prove yourself? And what happens is fire comes down and consumes what's on the altar, but also the altar itself. And it evaporates all the water. And after that, the rain falls. It hadn't rained for many, many years, and then all of a sudden rain falls. This is an epic victory moment for the people of God and Elijah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the moment that we're all waiting for. It's all the moment that we want to be at. This front row seats, man, we're there. But what happens next is verse 19, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done including the detailed account and how Elijah had killed all the prophets with the sword. Jabez was not happy and sent a message to Elijah with this warning. May the gods judge me so severely if by this time tomorrow I don't take your life as you took theirs. 
And what a contrasting moment just uh, just after that that moment where the fire came down, God showed up, there's victory, there's triumph, there's joy, and now Elijah is threatened. He's harassed and his life is at risk. The walls are coming in on Elijah. They're pressing in on him. And you know what Elijah's response? This man of God just had this crazy experience. In verse 3 of chapter 19, it says Elijah was afraid. So you know what he did? He got up and he fled for his life to Beersheba in Judah. And guess what he did? He left his servant there. He was like, I'm out. Man, he went to isolate. And while he went a day's journey into the wilderness, he went and he sat down under a shrub and he asked the Lord to take his life. He said, I've had enough. Lord, take my life. And after all, I'm better. Or I, I'm no better than my ancestors. I mean, this is it. I'm interrupting this conversation because this is the moment where Elijah, he doesn't have any dance moves. He can't find that silver lining. And Elijah's, man, he's had a hard time seeing that there's a possibility of a diamond coming from the dust. And just for your perspective on who Elijah is at that very moment, he's like the equivalent of like the Billy Graham in the Christian world, man, he's like the T.D. Jakes. He's the Stephen Furtick of his day. I mean, if you're in the faith community, you know those names. And that type of person, Elijah, in his time, he's suicidal. He's depressed and he's afraid. In verse 5, he falls asleep. And then the angel shows up in a dream and gives him some direction. And with that direction, he finds himself into, uh, you know, this whole new approach of cave life <laughs> and uh, uh, he's, he's isolating <clears throat> and then suddenly the Lord's message comes to him and it's this, why are you here, Elijah? I just want to pause in the midst of this story and tell you that that is a relevant question. Have you asked yourself that question yet? Why are we here? Why am I here? Why do I feel what I feel? Why do I feel so isolated? I believe that is such an important question for us to move forward. God asked that to Elijah. In verse 10, he answered, this is Elijah, and he said, I have been absolutely loyal to you, God. Even though the Israelites have abandoned the covenant that they made with you, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, I alone am left, and now I want to take my life. In verse 11, the Lord says, Go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord. Look, the Lord is ready to pass. Many of you, if you've grown up in the church world, you've heard this story. The wind passes, but God's not in it. The earthquake happens, but God's not in it. The fire comes down, and God is not in it. And then it says, after that fire, there was a soft whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his robe and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And when he came to the entrance of the cave, God told Elijah, I still have in Israel 7,000 followers who have not bowed their knees to Baal or kissed the images of him. I mean, Elijah felt alone. He isolated himself. And the message that Lord, the Lord 
did wasn't in all these thematics. It was in a simple, small whisper. And that whisper said this, you are not alone. I believe if we lean in and we look at at this scripture and ask God, what are you trying to say? I believe it's one of three things he's trying to say. And you could take all three and apply them to your life today. But I think the first message is this, is that God is not done. You may be, but God's not. Elijah, I mean, if you, if you heard this in the story, he stayed in the cave. God instructed him to leave, to go to the mountain, to the top of the mountain. And he didn't go. But yet in that very moment, God still whispered, God is not done. You might be, but God is not. The second thing is this. I want to remind you that you are not alone. God said to Elijah, there are 7,000 more There's a scripture that talks about how we're surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. Man, that even though we feel isolated, we feel alone, that God is there with us and his people are in the midst of us. I want to remind you that you are not alone. I want to remind you that Echo loves you. I want to remind you that we can't wait to gather again. Cannot wait to see you. And the third thing is this, is this season isn't for you. It's for the ones that come after you. In verse 19, and I didn't read this, this is literally the verse after God speaking to Elijah. It says this, Elijah went from there and he found Elisha, son of Saphat. Now, I don't know if you know who Elijah, Elisha is, but it's, it's Elijah's uh, person that like he imparts everything into Elisha. Elisha does like twice as much as Elijah ever did. Have you considered how this will affect your children? Have you considered about how you're navigating in these very moments will affect your friends and your co-workers? See, I believe our ability to push through and follow through to the end will determine the legacy we impart And the impact that we leave behind, the impact that we will have. And so today, I just want to tell you, don't give up. Man, don't walk out. Man, get down on your knees and lean in because God is calling you by name. And when, when we are at the end of our rope, I believe it's the best time for us to surrender. You hear that? When we're at the end of the rope, it's the best time for us to let go to let go of the rope and let God grab a hold of you. As we do every week, I want to invite you into a relationship with God to renew your faith, but also for some of you to start your faith for the very first time. And we do this with just a prayer, a prayer that doesn't answer it all, but it helps us start a relationship with Jesus. God wants to rescue you and he also wants to bring restoration. Pray this with me this morning. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority, amen. In Genesis, to seven, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Dust, and then the Lord breathed into it, right? It brought me to the 
the reference about how Jesus' disciples are waiting in the upper room. Mm. And then all of a sudden it says, suddenly there came a sound from the sky like a roar of a violent wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. Yeah. And more importantly, that new breath of life yeah. filled his disciples. Yeah. And because of that breath of life, because of their patience and the waiting, we're sitting here today. Yeah. What a profound message. Yeah, for sure. And and I have to to go back to what you said just about the time that we're in, the wilderness that we're in, and asking God, okay, what what do you have for me in this time? Because, you know, as we look back in history and kind of these weird black swan events, as <laughs> some people have called them, it's been such a time for people to create. Um, so whether you you know consider yourself an artist or not, like I, I believe like the creator is the ultimate artist, and we're made in His image. So in yeah. some way or another, you were born to create something. Yeah. Um, so I think what better time to really just sit down, listen, pray, and ask God like what what do you want me to create yeah. for Your kingdom, for Your people, um, right now in this time? This time mm -hmm. is. It's going to be the moment where we see some of the best songs, yes. the best poetry, yes. the best books written. The best dancing. The best. <laughs> you're going to see my best dance moves. <laughs> Sam, would you just pray for us? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, and Lord, we just take a minute and, and recognize your greatness. Take a minute and and think about the, the beautiful artistry <laughs> that you have done when you created this world and when you created each and every one of us, that each of us is unique and has this specific purpose. Lord, just thank you for instilling us the, the, the will to, to love, to love others and to love who you made us to be. And Lord, I just ask that you give us the the motivation and the dedication to rely on hearing your voice. Yes. Hearing your voice above all the noise. Just to dedicate ourselves daily to hearing you above it all and to really listen and see what it is that you have for us during this time. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
God, thank you for this reminder that there is purpose in this season. Amen. If you prayed this prayer of surrender during the message for the first time or for the first time in a long time, would you text RESCUED to 97000 or email us? We want to connect with you and help guide you in the next steps of your faith journey. You are amazing and you are making a huge difference locally and around the world. This week, you can give two ways. Text the number below or you can go to our website. If you are able and have the means to give, would you please do so? If you don't have the means and you have a need, don't be afraid to ask us. Echo's re-entry plan is to have you meet with families inside your homes. Consider inviting someone or a family over to participate in the service at your home for next week. Also, we are having another pop-up party next Sunday, July 5th at 10.30 a.m. Join us as we gather together enjoying each other's company. Thank you, Sam, for your authenticity and your heart. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you for reminding us that even in the midst of dust, there is a diamond waiting. Let me leave you with this verse. 1 Corinthians 3 says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Let us be faithful. Let us remind that God, that God is not done. We are not alone, and we are living for more. Have a great week, everyone.